Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you because you are our Father and our Maker. We thank you, God, for this day and every plan and purpose that you have proposed for this day. God, we acknowledge your word that says that all your promises are yea and amen. So we thank you that this is a good day because you blessed it and you said that you made it good. Father, we thank you right now because you are our healer and our deliverer. We ask that you touch these mortal bodies, make them whole, complete, and lacking nothing. We thank you, God, for ordering our minds aright so that our thoughts might be your thoughts. Open our hearts to receive this morning, and God, we thank you for it. Now, God, we thank you for the fullness of who you are. We know that in your presence is the fullness of everything. So, God, we rejoice in this day, and we are glad in it. We thank you now, God, for your soon coming kingdom. We acknowledge that as the people of God, that we have a home that's waiting for our occupancy. And God, we just give you praise for it now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Ah, I wonder how many of us can honestly say this morning that we're a child of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's so many people who make that profession but can't live it. And sometimes we need to learn how to go beyond just lip service. Come on. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles this morning. <clears throat> this is kind of interesting in the sense that over the last few weeks, we talked about lying, which seems to be the most popular thing amongst you all. I don't mean that, that you are liars, I mean, but... <laughs> But you all seem to be more attuned to the message on lying than you do with, say, anger. Most people don't want to talk about anger simply because you don't want anybody to think that for a moment you might be angry. <laughs> but today we want to talk about something that we all know something about. Stealing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. The Bible says, let him who stole steal no longer. Now, that's interesting the way it reads because it says, let him who stole stop stealing. The implication is that before conversion, Let me, let, me, let me move over here because I, I, I feel some eyes. The implication is that before you were converted, you might have stole something. I, wrong crowd. I keep thinking. 
But here's what it goes on to say. It says, but rather let him labor working with his hands. Now, the implication again is that what did you use to steal with? So what should you use to work with? And he goes on to say, <laughs> what is good that he may have something to give to him who is in need? The whole purpose, the whole purpose of your stop stealing is to be able to provide for somebody else. So with that in mind, I give you this thought this morning. Giving is God's way of eradicating stealing. Say what? Giving is God's way of re eradicating stealing. In other words, if you learn how to give properly, you will never steal again. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So if your fingers are burning right now, <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing. <laughs> but I do want you to see a couple things. One, I want you to see uh, that this third exhortation about stealing, the Greek word is klepto. <laughs> I, I didn't make it up. Uh, that's the word, klepto. And uh, it means stealing. Stealing in any form is a sin. <laughs> in how many forms? Any. Stealing in any form is a sin and it's not part of the Christian life. The Bible tells us in Exodus 20 and 15, Exodus 20 and 15, you shall not steal. Amen. You wouldn't think you need to put that in the Bible, would you? <laughs> well, if you've ever left anything out unguarded, you'd know that you need to tell people that. So the Bible teaches that stealing is what it says. Stealing is the taking of anything that rightfully or by nature belongs to others. All right. Sometimes people say, well, I didn't know it was yours. And the question is not, did you not know it was mine? Did you not know it was not yours? See, we have a tendency to get it twisted sometimes. <laughs> so those who became Christians, the Bible teaches us that in, in Ephesus, they had continued to practice what they were comfortable with. Now, I know you find this hard to believe, but people at that point in time were stealing to give to the church. Amen. And I ain't going to touch that. But you got that right. <laughs> so he told, Paul told them that you need to stop stealing and stop this practice and go to work. So stealing is an attempt to get something for nothing. It's an attempt to do what? Something for nothing. The thieves seek to enrich themselves at the expense of someone else's labor. 
Uh, I'm gonna move on because I can't. I, I can't. I can't really stop and talk about stuff I want to talk about because we'll be here all day if I do. Because stealing is so prolific that in our past life we probably all have been guilty of it. Amen. So the Bible says individuals who are practicing uh, this sin uh, are to work doing something useful with their own hands. And then I want to show you three different forms of stealing. This is not all of them, but just three. All right. The Bible says the first one is a person steals by taking something which is actually possessed or personally owned by another. If a person owns it and we take it, then we are guilty of stealing. it. You can't find my stuff when it was in my yard. Oh, Lord. Uh, that's funny, ain't it? <laughs> now, the second form, the Bible says, a person steals by hoarding and banking more than he needs. Keeping back is stealing. When you don't give what is required of you, I'm not talking about what you give to the church, even though that applies. But when you don't give to each other what the Lord requires, it is stealing. Look at uh, Luke chapter 3 real fast. Amen. I just want you to see this. And I don't have time to read the, the, uh, the entire process, but I just want to call your attention to one verse. Luke chapter 3 and verse uh, 13. He says, and he said to them, collect no more than what is appointed for you. In other words, even with your finances, if you keep more than is necessary without the prospect of giving to someone else, it's hoarding. You know how we... Uh, How we, 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 <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. How we, we, we buy stuff just in case. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. You buy some sugar and it's on sale. So you buy four bags because it's on sale. And the reason you buy four bags is because you don't want to run out. But the thought that somebody else may need some sugar never crosses your mind, which means that I won't say four, but at least two of those belong to somebody else. OK, y'all still here. So the Bible says that uh, when we hold back, we've broken God's law and we stand guilty as thieves. The third one, he says, is a person is uh, also steals by living extravagantly beyond what he needs. Hmm? So the Bible says there are some people who meet the needs of the world uh, 
And here's the thing. Do you know that uh, the average income worldwide, worldwide, is somewhere around a dollar and ninety cents a day. Y'all understand that? When you think about your average daily income, you're living lavish. You know that more than a third of the world does not have electricity. You complain about the air conditioning. Are y'all? Most people subside on one meal a day. And if you all were in that situation, you'd be hangry and I'd have to leave church. <laughs> Matthew chapter 19. <laughs> Amen. Come on now. Can we be real today? Matthew chapter 19. Ah, one more page. Matthew chapter 19. The Bible says, uh, now it came, well, let me Jump all the way down. All right. He said, da, 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 da. and great, verse, verse two, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Now, you know, this is, this, this, of course, when he talks about great multitudes following him, we also know that what he's saying is that all the people who followed him, he was responsible for them. Okay, look, listen to what I'm saying. If, well, let me, let me get another verse. How about that? Verse 21 of 19 says this. Jesus said to them, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. And he says, what? Come and follow me. That's what he said at the beginning. That a great multitude did what? They followed him. Now, what is he saying? He's saying in God's economy, there is something that is already preordained. And that is, and this is really going to surprise you, but let's, let's, let's dwell with it for a little bit, that God has already provided enough resources to take care of every person on planet Earth. Do you hear what I just said? Yeah. Yeah, now, now uh, there's no lack of manpower or resources in this universe. But the lack is a lack of sacrificial commitment to give. In other words, if, we, if everybody gave a portion of what they had, no one would be lacking. Right. Now, you know, a lot of your politicians talk about the one percenters. And you know that it is a fact that 1% of the people in this world control 99% of the world's wealth. 
That's kind of deep, isn't it? Okay. And you have to ask yourself, uh, hmm, never mind, don't ask yourself. Because if you start asking where yours is, you might be tempted to steal. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so what the Bible's saying is that the indulgent and the extravagant are stealing from the needy, so the needy never get their fair share. Now, if you notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and, and uh, I was going to say let's not turn there, let me talk about it, but maybe we need to see it. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. <clears throat> and uh, this is the Macedonian call. Y'all know the, the story. Amen. But the story actually uh, illustrates. I get to the right page here. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Uh, let's start at verse eight. He says, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Are y'all seeing this? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you, you, through his poverty, might become rich. In other words, he gave his all so that you can have enough to give to somebody else. He said, and this, uh, I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desirous to do a year ago, but now you must complete the doing of it that, it, uh, that as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also must be a completion out of what you have. And now, these next few verses says, for if there is a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. Now, this is the most powerful verse in the Bible. Well, it's one of them. It's one of them. Here's why it's so powerful. Because most people don't do what they're required to do because they say they don't have anything to do it with. If you say we need to build, you say, well, we don't have any money. The Bible does not say you need the money first. You need the mind first. Don't make me quote Snoop. <laughs> A few of y'all know what I'm about to say. See, if you put your mind then you have money to do what's on your mind. Are you following what I'm saying? If you never make up your mind to do something, you'll never have the resources to do it. And most of us never get anything done because we don't have any money to do it. But he says there must be first a willingness. And you do that out of what you don't have, not out of what you have. If you look at your bank account, it will limit you. You, are, you Come on. If you look at what you got in the bank, it will limit you. But if you look at what's in the bank, then you'll never be limited. Are you all following me? And the reason that poor people don't get their 
fair share is because you're limiting by your mindset. Amen. Oh, wait a minute. It goes a little further. Verse 13 says, for I do not mean that others should be ease and you burden, but by an equality. Is this in your Bible? But by an equality that now at this time, your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance may also supply your lack, that there may be what? An equality. If I'm in need and you help me, guess what? You release me to help you. See, things are not going to be the same always. Come on. It don't rain in everybody's yard all the time. Sometimes things are going to get better for you. Oh, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. So the Bible says that because of this, Satan takes advantage of us. Remember, he is the one who blinds the minds. When our understanding is not open, he controls what we think. And what we think, most cases, is that we don't have enough. And the question I ask most people is, what is enough? What is en How do you know when you got enough money? That's an individual question. I can't answer for you. But the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 44, that Satan is the father of lies. But he is also a thief. Amen? In John chapter 10, in verse 10, he says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? So what we find out is that this entity, Satan, is the original liar who prompted the original occupants of the garden to steal. Amen. Now, the Bible teaches us if you go to Genesis and, and, and I'm going to try to do this by not going there. In Genesis chapter two, the Bible teaches us there were two garden, uh, two trees in the garden. And he said that those two trees were in the center of the garden. Y'all remember the scripture. And the Bible says that that there were still a lot of trees, he said, but there were two in the center. And those trees receive uh, uh, God's primary attention because these trees brought us to a place in the church where we had to practice two fundamental principles. And these principles were guiding principles for every life that comes on planet Earth. You must be able, listen, come on, write this down somewhere. You must be able to practice Faith and obedience. If you cannot practice faith and obedience in equal parts, then you will miss God. How do I know that? Because the two trees tell us that. God says that there are two trees here in this garden and one you can eat anytime you want. Matter of fact, he said anything in the garden you can eat of. But then he gave in uh, verse 16, I think, of chapter two, he gave a prohibition. He said, but don't don't mess with this other tree. He says, as long as you eat from the tree of life. That's Jesus. He says that. You can have anything you want. In other words, if we understand that God 
is omnipotent, he is omniscient, and he is omnipresent. If we understand that, then we know that when we partake of him, there is nothing that is restricted to us. But the moment you begin to get what you think you need from your own understanding, when you go to the tree of knowledge to find a solution to God, you run into a problem. So if you don't believe God, have faith in God, you don't believe God, then you won't obey. Come on now, let me try it on this. If you don't believe God, you won't obey. So God says, I'm giving you a prohibition and all I want you to do is to believe what I say. And if you believe what I say, watch this now, you won't do what I tell you not to do. Now, when he says that these trees were in his garden and he put Adam, stay with me now, he put Adam in his garden. Whose garden? It was guards. It was not Adam's. Adam was the caretaker. He was the manager. He was the steward. Adam was the steward. The garden was God's. And if God says, and I'm going to use the apple, we know what was fruit. If God says, you can't have my apples. Are y'all still with me? God said, you cannot have my apple. But the snake told Eve, don't worry. You can have an apple. Because God said that, you know, that, that if you eat it, you might die. No, he said you will surely die. As a matter of fact, when you look up the Greek, I mean, the Hebrew of that word, it says die dying. In other words, the moment that you steal my apple and take a bite of it, you're going to start the process of dying. Yeah. Adam could have lived forever. Because he was in the midst of life. But here we see that he enticed Eve to take. Now notice what it says in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says that she saw it and she desired it. She saw it and she desired it. Now, here again, if she had believed God, she would not have desired it because she knew it was bad. Yeah. Come on now. See, all this stuff that we get involved in, all this stuff that happens to us, it's not a, a, a result of, of us being so smart that we can figure it out. No, we desire wrong stuff because we won't learn right stuff. Now, now can I tell you all this? And let me talk to the ladies for a little bit. I'll guarantee you your mama told you at a certain age that there's some stuff you ought not do and there's some boys you ought not hang around. Did they not tell you that? So it's not a lack of knowledge. Huh? But what was your problem? You would not obey. You didn't listen. You didn't have faith in what mama said. Oh, it's getting quiet now because I'm talking to women, right? 
No, you wouldn't listen to what mama said. You disobeyed, which means that you were acting faithless and that faithless led to your disobedience and that disobedience led to your downfall. And what were you doing? You were stealing. Somebody say, oh, wait a minute, pal. You're getting too deep for me now. No, 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 no. Listen, mama will tell you. God, I can't say this on TV. Mama said, I gave you that virginity. It's mine. I made you that way. So you're giving away something that don't belong to you. There is a, come on. There, there. No, I ain't talking about the men because that's the devil. He wants. <laughs> He's the snake trying to entice. I'm going to move. I, 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 I'm moving. I'm moving because. This is rated a little higher than PG, so I need to move on. The fact of the matter is, what I'm trying to get to you, get to you to see, get you to see, is that when Eve took the apple, she was stealing. When she gave it to Adam, he became complicit. You understand it? So they were both thieves. So the first theft, according to the Bible, occurred in the garden. They took God's apple. People have been raiding apple orchards since, since that day. <laughs> I guess because of the time of the year it is, apples are right, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Last month they'd been stealing watermelons, right? So the first Adam was a thief and cast out of paradise. But the last Adam, the last Adam uh, 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 was he he turned to the thief on the cross and he said, you will be with me in paradise. One was kicked out of paradise. And he said, look, I'm back. Come on, Luke, chapter 23, verse 43. Now, the Bible says that Satan also turned Judas into a thief. Yeah, let me, let, let me show you what it says here. Oh, hallelujah. In uh, John chapter 12, verse 6, he says, This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Huh? Now, the Bible tells us in other verses that Satan entered Judas. And the Bible says that, listen, listen now. He will do exactly the same thing to you if you fail to exercise your faith and obey. So you, now, 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 most people will, will reject this premise, but I want you to get this, is that your faith and your obedience are tied to one another. You can't separate them. You either have it or you don't. 
In other words, if I if I don't have obedience, then my faith is going to be limited because I'm not going to believe God. But if I believe God, my faith will be tremendous and I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. This might take a part two because I don't know if y'all, as folks say, get me here. What's that word? Uh, y'all might not be woke. <laughs> that the right word? Okay. All right. <laughs> so here's the, here's the, look, here, here's the theory. God put in the earth enough resources to meet the needs of all his people. And he has given men the ability to command and subdue and have dominion. Genesis chapter one, verse 28. Men then are commanded by God to develop technology, to explore the universe and to control nature. We are to feed and clothe and house and give to God's people. So what's God saying? God says this. We are to love each other and share the blessings of the earth together. In other words, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. All we have to do is share the blessing. Now, now, you know, we've taught this before, and I want to say it in a different uh, a format, that the only thing that holds you up from being rich is your stinginess. Because the Bible says give. Mm. So the Bible says when men use their God given ability to make money and produce goods and begin to and, and, and not be, to hold back, uh, uh, then everybody's blessed. But when men hold back, when they start hoarding, then everybody suffers. You all understand that? Your stuff can bless somebody, but somebody is not being blessed because you holding on to their stuff. So the Bible says that when we hoard, we keep for ourselves what rightly belongs to others. Whoa. What you mean belong to I work for that. That's mine. Is it? Who's the source of your strength? Who gave you a favor to get that job? Who is it that blessed you to get a raise so you could Buy that whatever. Huh? And now that you got it and God says, I wanted you to have that. I need you to have this car because you need to give sister so-and-so a ride to church. <clears throat> but you can't you can't you can't take a minute out your schedule with your new car. New to you car. To go and pick up sister so-and-so because it's my car. I work for this. Come on. Y'all, come on now. Ain't nobody give me nothing. 
Well, I know that would, that would never happen to you all. So here's what God is saying here in Ephesians chapter four. He's saying that when we learn how to give as a result of being able to work, then everybody gets blessed by our work. Are you? I'm going to ask the question. Most people, don't, they don't care about somebody else being blessed. Amen? Now, Paul says this. We tell the truth because we're members of one another. We control our anger because we don't want to give place to the devil. But he said, if we work and not steal, we'll be able to give to others that need. If we work and don't steal, we'll be able to bless others who are in need. Huh? He says we work to have something to give so we don't have to steal. Now, wait a minute. Some of us, some of us misunderstand this. I work like most of you do so that other people don't have to steal. Come on. Yeah, I work so I don't have to steal, but I also have to work so others. Now, it's going to get a little deeper here. Bible says even honest label could be a selfish thing. In other words, you could spend all your time trying to get a better job, more money, and more stuff, and never bless anybody. Amen. So Paul says this. He says it was a fundamental rule in the early church that if anyone would not work, neither should he eat. Y'all know Second Thessalonians, Hang on. chapter three, verse ten. A lazy Christian robs himself and others and God. Let me say it again. A lazy Christian robs himself. You're stealing from yourself. You rob others because you can't bless nobody. And you're stealing from God because the resources that he would have provided through you are not available. Y'all seeing this? That's why we ought to be excited about work. Come on. The alternative to stealing is to provide for oneself, one family, one's family and others. What is God honoring through honest, honorable means. First Timothy chapter five and verse eight. Here's what the Bible says. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He's what? Denied the faith. And there's so many people today who don't know that they are turning away from God when they don't provide for the necessities of others. Amen. So it's not just a negative step to avoid, uh, uh, which, you know, the avoidance of sin, but it's a positive one, replacing stealing with useful work. Now, theft, like lying, was and is almost a universal vice among heathen. We expect heathens to steal. 
That's why they made fences and locks. <laughs> stealing is ne oh, never mind. I'm gonna stop talking about stealing. <laughs> because the Christian converts at Ephesus had uh, been addicted to stealing, there was always a danger that they would fall into it again. This is why Paul is writing to us. He said uh, that he didn't particularly believe that stealing was a, 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 a vice in the church, but the problem was that when people felt like they didn't have anything to give to the church, they had to find a way to come up with something. Amen? We do that today. We find illicit methods of funding our beliefs. Amen? But we are, have, he's, here's what Paul says. He says, we're we cautioned that where a man has had a long habit of sin, he is in great danger of falling into it again. If you've been a thief for a long time, it's kind of hard to get your hands, you know, keep your hands off other people's stuff. Mm, 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 mm. That is what I understand. <laughs> you just used to stuff falling off a truck. <laughs> so what he's saying, here's what he's saying is, don't behave like the heathens around you is what he's trying to say. You know, you, When I was a police officer, I used to hear this all the time when I'm interviewing people, right? And, 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 and they're in possession of stolen property. <laughs> and first thing, I didn't know it was stolen. You paid $10 for a brand new TV. <laughs> Now they follow it up with this. This is, this is the Christian version of that. <laughs> I didn't steal it. <laughs> so you bought something that was stolen, but you don't think that what you did was wrong. Okay, moving right along, right on along. I'm in the wrong neighborhood for this message. Uh, let's be honest, come on now. I'm in the wrong neighborhood, I know that already. Men ought to be industrious so that they may do some good and that they may be kept from temptation. Because it is tempting. It is. <laughs> and it's only how much? Now, come on, tell me. Tell me the truth. This ain't stolen, is it? Oh, no, man. Man, get a refrigerator for $50. I can bless the church with this. <laughs> it is so hot it'll melt the ice. <laughs> so the Bible says this. Now, now let, me, let me give you this. It says, 
alms accepted by God must be gained, uh, must not be gained by unrighteousness and robbery, but honesty and industry. What is he saying? You can't give something that is stolen to God. Y'all still with me? Huh? Writing to believers who could not work because of handicap, but those who would not work. There's a difference between people who cannot work and people who will not work. You know, I find that in 2000, the biggest, the biggest issue in people going to work is that they can't find the right job. Okay, now. All right, I got to be careful here. <clears throat> Let me tell you what the right job is. The one that pays you. Huh? The right job is the one that what? If you went out looking for a job and you did not have any income, you know, and don't get me started about the handicap of extra money coming in with unemployment. And all. I don't want to get into that because I don't want to be political. But what I'm trying to say is if you didn't have a job and you were hungry and you had an opportunity to feed yourself, the right job is the one that pays you and hopefully one in a place that would have food so you can, so you can get paid and fed. Some things just make sense. Well, I'm not working at no fast food. Here's what, here's, let me read this to you. This is good. Rabbis believe if you teach your son, if you don't teach your son a trade, you teach him to be a thief. If you don't teach him a trade, you teach him to be a thief. Because Paul said, if a man don't work, neither shall he eat. And I'm telling you, I ain't never seen a skinny thief. <laughs> now, this work also includes, look, what the, this includes putting in a full day's work. Wait a minute. If God blesses you with a job, don't be hiding in the closet. Don't be taking all these breaks. Put in a full day's work because you're working for somebody else. Who is somebody else? That, that's God's people that you're working for. Y'all still with me? And it says this. Watch this now. And serving in ministries that bless others. If you work a full day on your job, you ought to work a full after, after you, you, uh, your day's work in ministry. Most people will tell you at the end of a long, hard day, I'm tired. Then you are primed and ready to bless somebody. 
You mean to tell me after I worked all this hard to make this little bit of money, now you want me to give it away? No, I want you to make more. And how do I get more? By giving to somebody who has a need. Listen, if I can help someone who's less fortunate than me, then, then God is going to be pleased. Amen? So, I'm out of time, so I need to try to summarize this. This is the will of God. Work in order to have enough to give away. Work in order to have enough to give away. Work is to be honest and meet the necessities of one's family. However, working just for self is selfish and selfishness corrupts and leaves a person's heart and work empty. In other words, if I'm only working for me, I'm never going to have a heart that loves other people. And if my heart is not one that's loving, I won't be giving. Amen. The Bible says, but working in order to help others in the name of Christ, this is the will of God. I'm working so that others can be blessed. In the process, I get blessed. Amen. So the Bible says this is the only way that the needs of the world can be met. <clears throat> Work is to be for the Lord's purpose and for his cause. And uh, it provides the means to reach people. First John chapter three, verse 17 says, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? It is impossible for you to ride past somebody that you know. Do you hear what I just said? And not let them get in your car because they're not clean. Oh, there's a lot of that going on. We pretend we don't see him. <laughs> or we're in a hurry to get someplace. You are blessed so that you can be a Hallelujah. A Christian should not just be mindful that they're not to do any harm, but they're calling is always to help someone who is in need. So let me tell you this. We can eradicate in our time poverty in this world. Giving is one way that God can eliminate stealing in the, amongst his people. I'll put it that way. I won't say in the church. Amongst his people. You can be free and you can be blessed but you got to have your heart open to be able to let it flow through you. And most of us will receive, but we have a problem with giving. Now, I told you last well, it was Tuesday, a lot of y'all have problem receiving. Somebody try to give you something, you say, well, I don't really need it. But somebody does. God would never put it in anybody's heart to give you anything if he didn't already know that somebody needed the thing that they're trying to give you. So you're saying, you're saying by saying, I don't need it, I don't want it, here's what you're saying. 
I don't want to be a conduit for God to bless. I don't want to be used to be a blessing. I want somebody else to get that blessing. I'm already blessed enough. I mean, that's what you're saying. So if you have it, somebody needs it, give it. Well, Pastor, they're just going to give it to somebody else. So what? <laughs> I heard Judge Judy say this yet the other day. Don't, don't ask me why I'm working. She said, once you give it away, you relinquish all claim to it. Once you give it away, you relinquish all claim to it. And many people in church have not figured that out. Because some people in church, not in day spring, because y'all are God's people. But there's some people that believe that they have a right to talk about what money they gave and how it's being used. And I caution you because that means that as long as you are concerned about what I did with your money, you didn't release it. You didn't give it. And if you haven't given it, you certainly can't be blessed by it. Amen. All right. I'm going to stand up on your feet. Let me let me pray. Do you understand now the value of not stealing? You understand the value of why you need to work? That the process of you having a job, the reason that you were blessed to have a job is because God put it in the earth, the means of making sure that everybody had their needs met. You understand that? So whatever you do, Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do it heartily unto the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for opening their minds and their hearts. Allow them to understand their purpose for being here. Give them a heart, God, that is loving and kind and wants to do right by his brothers and sisters. So God, we're asking you right now. Let the blessings flow. Let them flow through each and every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you will make us a conduit. Make us a river that flows into the lives of others. And God, as the blessings come down, we know that you will cause increase in our life. So God, we thank you for it. We thank you for the fullness of everything we need so that we might be a blessing to someone who is in need. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You ought to be excited about this. You really ought to be excited about this. And the reason you should be excited is because now you know why you do what you do and what can happen as a result of what you are doing. Now, I want to seal this uh, with communion, not just this, but the lying, the anger. I want to make sure that we're, we're getting past all of these things. And the one way to do this is to 
exercise our rights in the kingdom of receiving the sacrament of communion. So, y'all already been served? How, how did we do that? Everybody got them? I'm slow today, y'all. Help, help a brother out. I've been, the last two days, I've been working in slow motion. But I'm getting there. I am getting there. All right. Come on up, baby. All right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says this. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And as we eat and drink this morning, we're remembering all of the things that God 